Welcome to the MLB Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Averill, certified financial planner, certified private wealth advisor, former pro athlete, and the co-founder of AWM. I'm joined by my co-host, former Major League Baseball pitcher and certified financial planner, Travis Chick. Our goal on the MLB Draft Podcast is to provide you with the roadmap to successfully navigate the MLB Draft and becoming a professional athlete. You're going to hear from scouting directors, GMs, agents, former and current players, elite performance coaches, and of course, leading financial experts. What has traditionally seemed like a black box, we are going to bring to light the critical details you need to know to help you make the decisions that are in your best interest. So with that, let's jump right in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the MLB Draft Podcast. I am fired up for the families today for this interview. It is uh, one of those opportunities where we get to learn from somebody who has actually been through the process. And specifically for parents, you're going to get a chance to hear from the father of Anthony Siegler, who was a first round draft pick with the New York Yankees and is currently in the minor league system. So we are going to be able to to dive into what was the process leading up to the draft, what was draft day like uh, for the family, and then where I think a lot of the nuggets of gold is going to come from. What has this transition been like, and what are the things you wish you would have known going through the process? And so with that introduction, let's welcome Todd Siegler to the podcast. Todd, thanks for being here. No, yes, sir. Thank you, Eric, for having me. And uh, this is something that I'm I'm passionate about and really... uh, excited to share with families having been through the process and not just knowing that being able to feel where they are in their minds uh, both you know the parents the the kids uh, families it brings back lots of great memories and a really exciting time that that the Siegler family uh, that we were able to share So uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you also bring a unique perspective beyond just being a a dad of a player is you're also an educator. And I think that that's massively important in the sense that something when we first interacted years ago where we met at the PG All-American Educational Symposium is you were always looking for the resources, the good, the bad, the ugly of really just the facts. Uh, one of the things that you had shared early on was, you know, everybody, every, everybody's painting a rosy picture telling you how great your kid is and how perfect they are in a fit, but it's hard to sift through so much data information and sales pitches. And so this is a, this is going to be a fun conversation that I think is going to be highly valuable for families and a place where I just want to start is, would you mind sharing just a little bit of of your journey, let's call it, from the beginning of Anthony's senior high school season leading up to the draft, those those four to five months of what was your mindset, what was the process like, and and just give us a little background. Yes, sir. I think that one of the things that I recall vividly was going into the summer uh, before his senior year, you know, you start doing the PG National uh, Tournament of Stars, those showcases, uh, those amateur showcases where you that, that you know are going to be highly scouted. Uh, there are going to be agents there, financial advisors, all of the parties involved that are going to begin uh, reaching out and communicating with with the family. And I can remember, it's almost like when we went into the Tournament of Stars. 
uh, or excuse me, right after turning the stars, uh, he performed really well, kind of solidified himself. And I can remember thinking, okay, I hope the process makes the decision and we don't have to. And what I mean by that is that when the fall ended, I believe, you know, the industry said he was kind of positioned at the top of the second round, somewhere around there. And so I can remember thinking he had committed to play baseball at Florida. And I can remember thinking, you know, we're definitely in a win-win situation, but I hope it doesn't come down to us or Anthony having to necessarily make this tough decision between, you know, signing and going to college. I hope it's almost like, hey, here it is. It's a no-brainer. Do this. Because getting back to you know, your question and what you stated earlier, there's so much information and so many uh, resources that, that families need to tap into, ask questions, you know, strive to accumulate as much information, as much knowledge, as much intel, do your recon so that when, when that senior season starts, you can begin to have a better feel on when you do transition into the winter and you're having meetings with the organizations. So we did all the summer circuit stuff. He was on that Team USA that won gold in Canada uh, that, that had lots of great coaches and players on it, that it was an extremely impressive group of kids. We, we go into the school year and in the fall, as far as you know, what Anthony continued to do personally, um, the focus that we always maintained in my home. And even, you know, when he was a middle schooler and started his high school years as a freshman, it was always about the process, focus on the daily process of being great at whatever you want to be great in. Um, know what know what routines you want to stay entrenched in. And as long as your process is driven and routine oriented, the, the results are going to come. So going into senior year, there, there there's all there's always a temptation to, to be intoxicated by a mock draft or to be intoxicated by how many teams are interested in you or agents or financial advisors. You, you have all these people wanting to be a part of your inner circle. And if you're not careful, if that becomes the focus, then, you know, the player is going to set himself up for a, a really tough, arduous senior year. But, you know, so we continue to focus on preparation. The wintertime rolled around and... Todd, Todd, before before you go on, I want to interrupt you right there because you, you said something that I don't want to gloss over of the warning in there, right, of, of being intoxicated and becoming distracted by the wrong things that can seem like really good things, right? And, and what I mean by that is whether it's what scouts show up to the games, what my what my agent is telling me or me asking probably the wrong question of like where are teams seeing me as or what's my value uh, when we're way too far out to actually answer those questions. Can you can you just talk about what things you were able to put into place to keep Anthony and your family focused on the right things and not getting distracted by the mock drafts or which GMs or scouting directors are showing up? Can, can you give shed some more light on that? Absolutely, absolutely. So so basically, you know, going kind of back to Anthony's routines in middle school. You know, we were waking up at 4 a.m. We were at the local gym by 4.30, worked out for a couple hours, got home, ate a really good breakfast, had school. Right after school, 
head straight to the field, uh, warm up, do some uh, back shaping with bands and whatnot, long toss, uh, do some work at the catcher position, take BP, you know, go back home, stretch. He would he he was a big believer in visualization and dry work with his swing. Um, we call it the dirty work in the dark and have a you know really good dinner, relax for a little while, unwind, and then get to bed. And so just he and I constantly having conversations about the importance of of him staying faithful and committed to his routines and also us having conversation about hey the things that you've been able to achieve and accomplish are great but they're only a direct reflection of how hard you've worked and so it understand that if you begin to abandon the work and you begin to abandon that dirty work in the dark and you you begin putting more emphasis on having conversations with these people even though conversation need to take place if you start you know again that word intoxicated if you start allowing the lure and the intoxication and that feeling and emotion to play a higher role than what you've actually done to get those people's attention it will backfire on you so you know basically we we would not some of the specific things that you requested that we did we did not talk about just sit around nonchalantly and talk about, hey, you know, guess here are all the teams is communicating with Anthony. Hey, so and so agent called today, or or hey, we got these meetings with these people this weekend. We made it an agreement and a pact amongst ourselves that that we in our home we were not going to discuss the draft. We were not going to discuss performance. We were not going to discuss um, phone calls with agents. We were not, we were only going to continue essentially to do the things he did his ninth, 10th and 11th grade year, because those three years there, there was zero talk of the draft of agents of, I mean, there may have been some talk about, you know, choosing between colleges, but so I, we felt it was imperative to just continue because mindsets, everything, you, you win and lose based on mindset. And when the mindset shifts to, as we said, to the, to the tangibles, to the things you can you know, see and put your hands on, and a, a kid's focus is going to shift, and that's where the danger comes in to, to, for distraction and, like I said, the intoxication of the process to begin to erode the body of work he's put together. So we wouldn't talk about any of those things. We were very intentional about staying process driven, about staying routines driven. And, you know, at the end of the day, Anthony had to sell out to that approaching mindset and he did. So just putting, just having conversation and putting specific measures in place. Um, and, you know, there were times where someone may have had to say, Hey, remember, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to get into that. That's not because at the end of the day, when you're in October, November, December, What's going to happen in June is absolutely irrelevant. And these kids have become prospects because of the tremendous discipline and sacrifice they've demonstrated. They've become a prospect because they're living a non-mainstream lifestyle. And you want to try to continue in that, that lifestyle to where it's not mainstream. It's an anomaly. It's an outlier. 
And so uh, that that's basically how we approached it. There are so many nuggets of gold in there. And I love it because this even relates to, I, I think about our players and clients that are MLB all-stars or the conversation I had with, with somebody who's, you know, won the Cy Young two years in a row of what makes him elite is the focus on the process and not the focus on the shiny toys and awards that it gets. It's literally getting back to work and understanding like, hey, I have routines that has done this. This isn't going to change me. And I think that that's really, really important, um, especially as families. It's hard to not like, obviously, all the attention that the family's getting. And that's not necessarily a bad thing to to sit there and say like, wow, this a lot of the hard work is being noticed. What I'm hearing from you is don't stop there, right? Like if you actually want to reach the end goal, which is being a successful major league player, not just arriving at the draft, it's you've got to stay faithful and committed to your routines, your process, your mindset. And one of the things that I'd love to hear more detail on is here you are saying, don't be intoxicated by it. I don't want our listeners to misunderstand and think that you were a family that put your head in the sand and didn't deal with the business side of it. Because if anything, it was high highly the opposite, right? You were your due diligence when it came to the the agents, uh, to the scouts in the home, to the financial side. Can you talk about how your family did handle making sure that the same professionalism that Anthony was focused on his skill development was handled on the business side? Can you just talk through really, especially with the conversations with the teams? I would love to hear. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to add one more thing to, you know, something you know, comments you stated about understanding the draft intoxication and, and how it could go either way. Um, and, and then I'll definitely uh, transition into talks with the organizations and teams. Obviously, in hindsight, one of the things since since uh, this podcast is, is specifically geared toward helping the families, the kids get as best educated as possible as, as, the, as the 2020 draft approaches, I, I would highly highly recommend you, you potential draftees that are listening to pin a post-draft letter made out to yourself. And in that post-draft letter, be genuine and be authentic with the words that you pin and have a real conversation with yourself because you potentially are about to come into a financial windfall. And the thing none of you understands, none of you can really experience and fathom right now is what it's like to have a couple million dollars in your bank account and the ability to say, you know what, if I want to buy that that I just saw on TV, by God, I can buy it. And so write a post-draft letter to yourself, reminding yourself of what put you in this situation. Remind yourself of the people that were in your inner circle that helped you get to this point in life. Put down on paper and be specific of your daily routines, your rituals, because I can guarantee you every each individual is going to respond differently with a couple million dollars in their bank account, as well as if you're a high school kid, now you're on your own and you go from sitting in a high school classroom to having two, three million dollars, as well as no parents around. You need a baseline that you can look at and be reminded of daily that can help you, again, stay focused on what is most important. And again, what's most important isn't going out and going three for four or, you know, not allowing any, you know, earned runs, 
you know, a lot of strikeouts. What's most important is that you adhere to the routines and the rituals that have gotten you to the position you're at right now. So I just, I kind of just felt, you know, just a tremendous pull before we go on to the next uh, topic to, to just share that. That's what I would highly recommend. So essentially uh, moving into the winter time when we began to have conversation uh, with the teams, we, we made it a priority that we were going to, uh, obviously we were not going to have meetings, you know, seven days a week. Uh, we had specific days uh, and, and those days were kind of looking back on Anthony's schedule. Okay, here are the, the days during the week where he has the least amount of homework. Uh, maybe here's a day during the week where he's mainly doing regeneration type training rather than hardcore training. So we tried to make it a day that we met with these organizations where Anthony was not only going to be sharp mentally, but he was also going to feel good physically to be able to give that team, you know, his best energy and efforts. You know, we, we were specific about the time slots we wanted to meet. We didn't want the meeting to run into interrupting necessarily dinner and especially not interrupting, you know, some kind of downtime for Anthony before he prepped to go to bed. So we were extremely precise in the, the window of opportunity uh, to have meetings with the teams. And then, you know, getting into the actual meeting, I had a conversation with my wife before all of it began. And and kind of as we the approach we've taken with everything, whether it's doing odd jobs for people or Anthony needing to have a conversation with a teacher or a coach, we basically gave him ownership of it. And we said, listen, we might be in the kitchen cooking. We might be uh, helping one of your younger siblings with homework. We may be outside practicing with one of your siblings with their sport. If if you need us, send somebody to get us. But other than that, we believe that that Anthony should be in charge of it. And a few times, there were not more than a few, but there were certain organizations that asked us to sit in and participate. And obviously, we did. But I told my wife, I'm like, hey. We're not going to speak until we're spoken to, because I just, like I said, at no point in time, the, the meeting's not about me. It's not about my wife. It, it's about Anthony. And this organization is coming in. You know, there were GMs that came. There were scouting directors that came. Some certain teams brought their mental coaches with them. And they didn't, well, they don't, they're not interested in anything I have to say. They're not interested in anything my wife has to say to a certain degree. If we're asked questions, obviously we're going to answer uh, honestly and authentically, but you know these teams are coming in wanting to spend time with Anthony, and so we made sure that he, you know, went outside to greet him because obviously they had his, you know, cell number. They communicated, hey, we're arriving. You know, he'd go out there in the yard to greet him, bring him in, sit him down, and like I said, if we were asked to participate, we sat down. Uh, if they didn't specifically ask us, we just kind of kept doing what we were doing until they said, hey, till Anthony said, hey, mom, dad, you guys need to get in here. So during the, the meetings at no point in time, because I think one, one of the things, these teams are coming in and obviously some of it can be skirted in the sense of, you know, I think sometimes the families can prep too much. Just be yourself. Just be yourself because these teams are coming in and they're wanting to get to know who you are, how you operate, what makes you tick. They're coming in already wanting to kind of get the best feel they can 
because they're potentially about to invest millions of dollars into either an 18-year-old kid or a 21-year-old kid. Um, and, and so they want real, genuine, authentic conversation. And so I, I think that the, the thing that a family would want to stay away from is, is like prepping. And, hey, son, remember, if they ask this, say this. I, I think, and I'm bouncing around here kind of as things come to me. But I think that having these conversations to me, this is just this my thoughts and this is how we carried it out. It just, it needs to be to where before the team comes to meet you, you're not calling and asking, hey, what should my son say? What should he not say? What, what should we try to, because then it's almost like you're not engaged in the conversation. Your 18 year old son is trying to remember what all he's supposed to say and what all he's not supposed to say. So I think continuing in the simplistic, just let's get to know this club, let's allow this club to get to know us. Let's let our guard down. Just again, being genuine and authentic. Cause at the end of the day, you know, these kids that they want to play this game for a living. Yeah. I, I just want to echo that. It, it's interesting. We had a, a interview previously on the podcast with Adley Rutschman, who uh, obviously was the, the first overall pick and Adley said a very similar thing was he tried to just be himself in the meetings. And the thing that upset him the most was when a scout told him, Hey, during your next meeting, I would answer that question differently. And here's why. And the reason it upset Adley was what you're saying. Ultimately, you know what? This is who I am as a person. And it's important that the organization actually know who I am because my future development, if they draft me thinking I'm actually somebody different, it's it's not going to be a, a great relationship and it's not going to set either the organization or me up as a player for success. And so I think there's sometimes this fear of, I'm going to say the wrong thing that's going to cost me an opportunity. When in reality, that that's not true, right? There's 30 teams and ultimately like you are who you are. Your character is going to come out over time. You might trick somebody in a, in a one hour meeting, but if you're trying to trick somebody, I think that that comes to deeper insight of going, Hey, maybe there are some things that in which I need to change as a person with my routines and my process to actually become the type of person who would answer that question the way it should be answered authentically. And I think that that's just really important. And another thing we try to point out for families is understanding these teams, they're valuing valuing your son based off of who they think he's going to be when he's 25, 26 years old in the major leagues. They have a lot of grace of understanding. They're talking to 17-year-old and 18-year-old or 20, 21-year-old kids, right? They don't they don't expect you to have this business-like acumen as if you're a 50-year-old business professional. You know, they they truly are trying to get to the ethos and the character of you as a player. So, I think that that is such good advice to not try and over-control the process. It absolutely is because at the end of the day, if you're setting, whether it's the parents trying to control and manipulate their child, their their son's responses, or whether it's agents or whether it's even professional scouts, you're basically, to me, masking a response that, okay, you know, if you respond the way you just did with others, uh, it's going to lead to basically a bad result or it's going to lead to failure. And to me, 
you know, one of the things I've learned from you guys is, is, and, and others in the industry is, is, and I'm just, I'm really just now tapping into what failure really means and what it is. And, and it's not a bad thing. It, it's to me, it's the greatest teacher on the face of the earth because it is the quickest means by which in this case, a player is going to be able to make healthy changes in the way he's living and in the way he's going about his business. So to, to, to me, to, you know, to ask a player, to recommend a player going through this process, Hey, this is how you need to answer this. This is how you need to answer that. The player is basically becoming a puppet on the string. And that team is not going to know this kid's personality. The, the, the team is not going to be able to, to meet the real player. And so that's, yeah, I would definitely, you know, agree with what Adley said and, and, and his sentiment even toward that scout's uh, recommendation. At the end of the day, be who you are. You have a personality. I guarantee you these clubs have already seen that personality on the field. Uh, they've, they've watched you interact with your teammates. They've watched you interact with coaches, your parents. These guys are great at gathering intel and doing their recon. So, you know, be who you are. And again, parents, any advice I you know could give to them would be to, I know that I don't want to make light of it, but it's visitors coming into your house wanting to get to know you guys. And, and obviously, you know, just be real genuine and as authentic as you can. And because at the end of the day, an 18 year old kid isn't going to be able to think, you know, like adults are going to be able to think. So the more you put on his plate to, Hey, respond this way, respond that way his head's going to be spinning 10 minutes into the interview. So one thing that I want you to hit on, because I, I think that this is actually some of the most valuable content that, that we're sharing with, with parents and even players right now is a lot of what we're also assuming, right, is there are so many other voices that have come into your life to tell you how to run this process. And there is wisdom in many counselors, but not all advice is created equal right? There's a difference between, hey, I've got an opinion versus no, I have expertise of walking you and guiding you and navigating you through this. Ultimately, you guys are still as parents experts on your children. You know them better than any advisor, any agent, anybody else. And so there's this tandem of staying true to what you authentically know is what's in the best interest of your of your son. But can you also start to dive into choosing the agents, the financial teams, the people inside your inner circle of what are some, you know, what's just some advice around that as you've gone through that process and being on this side of it, of how to navigate who you're going to trust with your son's career. Definitely. As far as an agent goes, um, the one thing I've learned is, is, you know, having gone through the process is do not be in a rush to choose an agent because at the end of the day, these teams are wanting to acquire the talent of the player, not the expertise or clientele list of the agent. And that goes for the financial advisor as well. But um, don't be in a rush to to choose an agent. I spoke with a big leaguer, uh, a career big leaguer about this in, in the fall before, uh, during Anthony's senior year. It was in the fall, and it was kind of when we were already having meetings with these teams. And he, he flat out told me, he goes, Todd, there is no agent – that can say, hey, Todd, I can, Anthony right now is projected to go top, middle, second round. If he if he gets with us, he will definitely be a first rounder. You know, if an agent says that, 
just shake their hand. Thank you for your time. That wouldn't be the people that I would go with because that, you know, this is coming from a career big leaguer. And I feel that in a sense, as a parent, you kind of know that. But especially when this is your first time going through this process, you don't want to screw it up. And I think that that can sometimes haunt a parent. And sometimes it can lead you into making a hastily decision. So really take your time, you know, have conversation around the field, um, have come making some phone conversation with these agents as much as you can, because I think at the end of the day, the best fit is the fit that reflects the personality of their son. I, I believe that, you know, there, there are many, there, you know, there are good agents out there. There are agencies now that they have, you know, these training facilities and they have top of the line, these cameras and whether your son's a pitcher, position player, that there's, there's so many, you know, agencies that, that are acquiring and understanding, hey, it's about player development. It's not just about us get, acquiring this kid, attaining another signing percentage of a signing bonus, um, and, and then hopefully doing this again, you know, on his ARB years and big league contract. But these agents, the, re- the really reputable ones, the ones that really get it, they understand, hey, if we bring this kid into our agency, we also need to not babysit him, you know, not fight his battles, not prepare the path for him, but we have to help prepare him for the path. And I think that's what's lost and forgotten in in the agent industry is, especially when you're dealing with an 18-year-old kid. You're going from a kid who is sitting in a high school classroom, probably eating a honey bun he got out of a snack machine, or maybe he's drinking his protein shake, all right? You're going from a kid who is 18 years old in high school, he thinks like a high schooler, he acts like a high schooler, and he's supposed to, to, to potentially having a couple million dollars in his pocket and, and, and going off to the GCL or the Arizona League to, to be on his own. And now he's got to figure it out. And, and you know, I think in this industry, that is one of the things that is, it, that's extremely overlooked when it comes to drafting these 18-year-old kids giving them this money and then kind of almost like, hey, go figure it out. So I think some of the best agencies that parents need to kind of inquire and and ask questions is, hey, when my son, if he signs with you guys, you know, he's 18 years old, we're not asking you to, to fight his battles or to baby him or anything like that. But what is the development piece going to look like during the season? When three weeks in, you know, that bat's feeling like it weighs two pounds and popcorn at the, you know, at the stadium don't smell like it's supposed to, and he's on hard times, you know, or, or in the off season, you know, what, what is your kind of participation, you know, in his training regimen going to look like? Basically accountability is what I'm saying. I just want to add to that because I think this is also perspective that you're bringing from a family that's two years into pro ball. And the reason I say that is I feel like, you know, there can be this belief that, hey, there's no way that the New York Yankees, or let's use another example so it doesn't sound like we're critiquing the organization that Anthony's a part of. There's no way the Los Angeles Dodgers are going to give my son millions of dollars and then let him kind of take control of his own development, right? They have all these resources. They do all these things. And the truth is, yes, to an extent, 
but you are now a professional, right? Like you are the owner of your own performance. And unfortunately what we've seen, right? And this is true on the financial side. It's crazy to me. You know, I experienced this as a player going from Arizona State into the Tigers organization. We make this mistake as an industry believing, hey, if we give you the the term professional baseball player and we give you some money, we mistakenly believe that they've also like included all the skill sets that are necessary to be successful as a professional and managing money. When in reality, it's like, why do we actually expect somebody to be successful managing millions of dollars or getting to the big leagues if they don't already have that skill set to do so? It really becomes how did we develop the skills to manage and to, you know, to maximize the opportunities? And there, there's not a lot of conversation around that. So, so I'd love for you to just kind of stick on that point a little bit of what you've learned through this process over the last two years. Definitely. So coming out of high school, you know, again, you know, for, you know, discussing the, the variable, you know, the agent's going to play in the player's life, the financial advisor's going to play in the player's life, you know, essentially, you know, it's, it's sticking to and adhering to those routines as a professional, because at the end of the day, the one thing I've learned in this process and in this journey with Anthony is it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. As parents, we all would love for it to, you know, hey, he's 18. He's he signs. He's been in he's been a professional baseballer for two years. You know, he's he's tearing it up. He's you know, high on the prospect rankings. He's he's skyrocketing through the minor leagues. You, you, you want it to look that way. Every parent does. But at the end of the day, it comes back to the individual. It comes back to what things are they struggling with inwardly? Because, you know, you're dealing with a whole lot of alpha males and most of them keep their cards close to their chest. You know, if they're struggling with something, mom and dad probably are going to be the last ones they're going to tell. And that's why agent and financial advisor are so, so crucial. They're almost like, especially to me, to the high school kid, to the high school draft pick, they're like surrogate fathers. They're like a college baseball coaching staff is to the college player that's been there for three to four years. And that ability to be transparent and have real conversation, genuine conversation, to be able to grow and develop uh, mentally, spiritually, physically, uh, nutritionally, learning how to go about your business. To me, it's a quicker, much more difficult transition for an 18-year-old kid to make because, again, most of these kids are on the level of their peers as far as the mental capacity coming out of high school. And so it's, it's imperative to, like I said, identify, okay, this is my kid's personality. Let's have some conversation about this so that we can then choose the agent, choose a financial advisor that are going to be able to kind of be that buffer that's going to be able to almost, like I said, be that college coach over these next two or three years to help him learn and grow and figure it out. And that's the, again, one of the things that I've learned the most about this journey two years is that again, these organizations understand that, that 80 to 90% of these 18 year old kids, they're going to go through two to three years of hard times because they're trying to figure it out. And as a father, especially someone with my genetic makeup, I mean, it's hard for me to sit back and watch if, let's say, Anthony is not, you know, adhering to his routines, if he's not 
you know, adhering to those very things, like I said earlier, that, that made him what he became. But, you know, you, as a father, the great advice that I got from Eric Averill was you just you got to let this process play out. You got to just be an encouragement to him. Don't just start offering advice all the time and don't start to, hey, well, if you were doing this and that, it may be going a different way. I've learned that over the course of time and I'm much better at it today. But again, as it relates to these high school kids transitioning into pro ball, it's I feel it's imperative that that the that the, the player be matched up with an agency that understands him and that he understands the agency and that there's going to be a varying degree of accountability based off of that kid's mental makeup and that kid's uh, how he is going about his business. And obviously, over you know the course of that relationship, um, you adjust where you need to. But to me, talking about a financial advisor, I believe that that is the most important of the, uh, of the team members that are going to be in this player's circle. Because... You know, the financial advisor is obviously the the person that's going to continue to play a major part in this child's professional and personal life. The the player is going to be set up on a certain budget. Um, And obviously, I know I'm speaking to the parents, you know, here first and foremost, as well as a player. When you're choosing a, a financial advisor, obviously, I would highly recommend. I have, I have a lot of, I have like a database of questions that I put together. Uh, I would not mind at all sharing them with anyone. But money management and the ability for a player to be educated, the ability for a player to understand the financial windfall that because of his hard work, dedication, and commitment to his craft, he's now getting. The best way to look at that is like a, a gift. Uh, a momentary gift, but the real gift is becoming a career big leaguer. And I feel personally that the the way that we went about choosing the best fit for Anthony was a group that was going to, based off of interviews that we did with them, be young, be hungry, want to be the best in the industry. They were going to, again, kind of like I raised Anthony, the culture in my home is we're going to chase pain. We're going to chase uncomfortable. We're going to gravitate toward the hard stuff because if that's your daily lifestyle, then chances are you're going to achieve what you want out of life. And so we look for that same type of mentality in in a financial advisor. Uh, But the biggest thing was, you know, as parents, Alicia and I, we were like, hey, if it's the 20th of the month and you've got an Anthony set up on X budget and the 20th of the month, he, he comes and, and he's constantly, you know, a few times in the first you know year, you, you, you're not wanting to say no too often because you want the player and the financial advisor to kind of develop that really genuine, authentic, tight, close relationship. So there's going to be some give and take. But at the end of the day, if an 18-year-old kid understands that, hey, if every time I go to my financial advisor and I say, hey, can I get 1000 more bucks? Can I get 800 more? Can I get 2000 more? And the answer is always yes, then chances are you know, that money is going to run out pretty quickly. And no 18-year-old kid understands how to manage 2 to $3 million. So you really want to find, just like if I want to be successful in any industry, if I want to be successful whether it's a trainer, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a CEO, a lawyer, I need people around me that are going to tell me no. I need people around me that are going to challenge 
a decision I'm wanting to make. I need people around me that are going to not just allow me to make feelings and emotions based decisions, but if they, if they say no, they're going to also have a conversation and educate me, which is why we've been so thrilled with the Avril brothers and with athlete wealth management. And I know maybe I'm supposed to say that and I'm supposed to say that. I don't know, but anyway, it's been a, it's been a phenomenal relationship. They're great communicators. They've lived up to everything they said they were going to do, whether it's text messages, phone calls. It, it's been a situation where Anthony has learned and, and grown as an individual, uh, both as a player and as a, as you know, someone that's 20 years old and trying to, again, still trying to figure out how to manage money uh, adequately. Uh, but the thing that also I loved about it was that you guys were former players. You understand the grind of the minor leagues. You get that. But at the end of the day, like I said, you're passionate about what you do. You're obsessed with being great in your industry. And I think that if you're a parent or if you're a player and you're in this op- and you're in this position to where you could be a top pick in the 2020 MLB draft, you know, you want people in your circle that first and foremost are going to help you in your pursuit of becoming a career big leaguer. And and obviously money management is a major factor. Like I said, uh, you know, um, there there are you know many questions as you're going through that process that you want to ask and and continue to have conversation. But I think that the, the the relationship between player agent, player financial advisor, to me are the two most important and crucial relationships. And so when you're trying to decide, do not be in a rush. One of the things that I got caught up in is what are the teams saying? What are they saying? What are they saying? What are they saying? And really at the end of the day, that's not important. So some, I know you know, some parents can feel in a rush because they feel that they want to know exactly what the teams are saying. Well, let me tell you something. If if your son, if, if they're GMs and they're, you know, heavy hitters showing up to his games, then he's probably in that day one and two, you know, or day one conversation. And so just continue to focus on those things and not feeling like you have to decide so soon. But uh, yeah, number one, I, I appreciate the uh, the unsolicited kind words, and uh, and I think really what the takeaway for the listener is is what you've done is you, I mean, you put everybody through a ringer, right? And you did the due diligence process. You hard, you, you asked very hard questions, and I think the thing that I've always appreciated about your process is you verified it, right? I think that's the other thing in the the agent financial space is there's a lot of stuff said. That that isn't held accountable to figuring out if it's verified. And the one thing I can always appreciate about you is I know that whatever conversations we have, if I make a statement, there's this accountability that it's going to be triple checked. And that's not a that's not a negative thing because if you have expertise, it shines through. And like you said, is not every firm's a fit for everyone. There are good, good groups, uh, both on the financial side and the agent side that can meet a lot of the needs of these players. It needs to be individualized to personalities. But I think making sure that our audience reaches out to you, gets these resources, we'll make sure they're in the show notes of like, these are actually great questions. And 
and I know it hasn't been said yet, but I know this for a fact, Todd would take a phone call with every single parent that has questions, right? This is, he is, is utilized Todd as a resource of asking this due diligence and these questions as you go through the process. And one thing you hit on is, you know, wanting to know what teams are saying, that's like an emotional feel good thing. And of course we want to know, but here's the thing, even if you knew everything that the teams were saying about your son, it doesn't change anything because it's just it's just noise in the decision-making process. At the end of the day, the 30 teams have the 30 picks. They are going to value your son based off of their analytics and their algorithms internally. No agent, nobody is going to get your son drafted higher than any other team wants to draft somebody. An awesome agent, a great expert agent is going to make sure you get your full market value of that. But ultimately, it's more of if you have the right process and you have the right plan in place, what a team thinks about you doesn't really matter. Because when you get to draft day, you have your plan. And if it and if a team selects your son and it meets those numbers that you've already determined, then you're good to go. And kind of using that, I'd love to launch into kind of as we conclude, talk to me about draft day. Obviously, you guys went up to New York. I don't know that families are going to have an opportunity to do that this year, but talk to me about just what the actual experience is on draft day and and how families should approach that. Yes, sir. Just one one quick point I wanted to add as well, because it, it was something you said brought it uh, to mind, is parents um, in this process what Eric said a while ago about me verifying everything, you cannot be afraid to hurt someone's feelings and you can't be, you got to take feeling emotion out of the equation. If they're, if they're going to state something to you as fact, then they have to have the understanding that, Hey, this fact can be checked, you know, with multiple people in the industry. And that's what, that's absolutely what I would do. I'm not just going to, because this possibly is the only time you get to do this your entire life. I mean, 30 kids get drafted in the first round every year, right? And so obviously as a parent, you want to prepare so well almost to not screw this thing up. But when someone tells you something, whether it's an agent, financial advisor, an organization, but especially when it comes to choosing an agent and a financial advisor, you know, you got to fact check and you have to, you have to verify it because you want to know that the people that you're bringing on board, they're coming into your circle. They're coming into your son's life. They're going to be a major, major player moving forward in your son's life, more so than the parent will, will be. The parent kind of fades into almost kind of encourager, support cheerleader from a distance. But the agent and the financial advisor, they become major players in the kid's life. And so, you, yeah, you want to fact check and you can't be afraid of even going back and saying, hey, listen, you know, I checked on this and I verified this. Now I need you to explain because it wasn't what it's not matching up. So. But just transitioning into what draft they look like, you know, we did choose to to go to New York and we lived in Cartersville, Georgia. And so all of my wife's family uh, is on the Navajo Reservation in Arizona. All of my family is in Lawrence, South Carolina. So it wasn't like, hey, our families could like come across the street or anything. You know, one of the things that Major League Baseball does is, is and we kind of didn't know this until we got up there and they kind of announced it. But but we saw that uh, Tristan Casas, you know, he was there. And I'm like, wow, you know, what? how awesome. He brought, like, 
almost every generation with him. You know, I mean, their grandparents. Uh, I sat by his grandfather on some of the bus rides when we went to, you know, Lexington uh, Avenue over there, the uh, MLB offices, and then bust over to Yankee Stadium. And, and he and I got to know each other well, great guy. But I'm like, wow, you know, and so MLB will reimburse, you know, like you said a while ago, we, we don't know if the draft is, is going to be in New York, if they're going to be able to do that again, but this year, but uh, you know, it's, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And like I said, because we didn't have any family really close by, we kind of just made the decision, hey, we were invited. Anthony really wanted to do it. We were on board with it, and it was a great experience. And and like I said, MLB, if the player does sign a professional contract, they will reimburse the parties, the people that came, you know, with the the player to the draft. So uh, that that's awesome on their part, and it's, it's a great gesture. So we get to New York on a Sunday, and uh, we we fly in. Uh, we're picked up uh, at the airport through you know transportation provided by Major League Baseball. Uh, we're taken to our hotel, uh, wonderful accommodations. Uh, it was very professional. You know, we were extremely impressed with the whole uh, organization of it, the way they communicated. Everything was clear. Everything went exactly as it, as we were told it would go. We uh, started off Monday morning, great breakfast there in the hotel. And then, you know, we were all uh, taken to, uh, to a yacht and Major League Baseball uh, gave – uh, all the, the players and families, a uh, private yacht tour up and down the Hudson. And, and you know, we, we even, you know, floated over the spot, slowly took the plane down in the, in the Hudson, you know, and, and all of the history, you know, going all the way up the Hudson back down that you get to hear. There's a, there's a DJ the sharing, you know, what all occurred from, you know, uh, the old days up until now. And uh, the meal on the yacht was, was, out of this world. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was like that in a big league clubhouse. So you, you know, and we're a family of professional eaters. So we actually, we, we absolutely love that. And so after the yacht tour, you get back and, and then uh, we were bused to uh, have lunch at the major league baseball offices. Uh, we got a, had a private 15 to 30 minute, um, you know, talk conversation with Rob Manfred. He allowed us to ask any questions we wanted to. And, uh, and then the neat thing is we had lunch there and, um, there were MLB dignitaries, uh, Andre Dawson, Tim Salmon, amongst many others. So they're sitting at your table and you just get to have a nice conversation and a nice meal. Uh, from there, we were bused over to Yankee stadium, got a private tour of Yankee stadium. And, uh, it was pretty neat because, um, that morning when we were on the yacht, we were informed that uh, that the Yankees were going to be taking Anthony, and so that was that was pretty cool, you know, being over there at Yankee Stadium, knowing that wow, this is the team that's going to be, you know, taking him, and and uh, but we didn't, you know, we didn't tell him, and we were actually, you know, we were like we asked, hey, what's the best way to move forward? And so as far as you know, do you tell your son or do you not tell him? Do you kind of let the moment happen or whatever? But uh, we finished the tour, taken back to the hotel, and you start prepping to go over to the MLB Network Studios. We were uh, greeted by Harold Reynolds. He kind of let us know how everything, uh, what's up, H? You know, that's what they call him on MLB Network Studios. Uh, but great guy, uh, lots of energy. You know, the same guy he is on camera, he's the same guy off of it. I mean, he was, he was cordial. He was uh, hospitable. 
Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a great face for that that uh, MLB Network Studios. But he told us how it was all going to work. He really stressed to enjoy the evening, to enjoy the moment, uh, converse with as many people as we can, shake hands, take pictures. Um, we got to kind of walk around MLB Network Studios and and uh, just see how things go there. Uh, everyone was wonderful. Get, got to meet childhood heroes, Tommy Lasorda, Bo Jackson, Raleigh Fingers. You know, it, it was just a wonderful, they do it the right way. And I know they strive to do it better every year. And then um, tell you to take your place. And, and uh, oh, I mean, Pedro Martinez, John Smoltz. I mean, just, it was amazing. Larry Boa, Bob Boone, you know, you, you just, I was like a kid in a candy store, you know, and it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Uh, you know, if, if the families do have that option this year, um, I'd highly recommend it because MLB, they just do a super job catering to the family, to the kid, making it a, a, a experience of a lifetime. And so the draft begins and that's where the suspense begins. And is the rooms full of energy. Um, it's exciting. You know, you get to know some of the other players that are there. You know, we met, you know, Travis, uh, Travis Swaggerty and his family. Met uh, Alec Bohm, you know, great kid, great family. So so it's even like almost like a little fraternity that's developed that these kids keep in contact with each other, parents keep in contact with each other, and you, you're kind of rooting for each other because you, you share that moment together uh, in, in MLB Network Studios. And uh, so, like I said, it, it, was, a, it was a wonderful, uh, momentous uh, occasion we got to enjoy, and we're glad that we did. That's that's awesome. And thanks for sharing that. I think sometimes, you know, obviously this was a very educational uh, conversation that I, I just wanted to make sure we highlighted. Obviously, when you get to draft day to enjoy it as a family and, and the, the the feel goods, right? Yeah, there is a time to celebrate. So that was super helpful. Well, Todd, we're, we're coming up on an hour. I know uh, the funny thing is, is I think this is such valuable content that I'm actually sure most parents are still listening to this. Um, and the ones that that do are also the ones that are putting in uh, the most work to ensure that their kids are in the best situation. And so just kind of final words, I would love to hear from you. Any final recommendations or advice for these families as we close out this podcast? So two years, um, we've been in this professional journey with Anthony. As a parent, I would, I would definitely highly recommend because again, as, as a father, you know, I, I've definitely made some mistakes in this journey, you know, trying to over-police and have too much, uh, you know, kind of not letting him figure it out on his own. And I, I've learned to definitely, through advice from his agents, through advice from his financial advisors, those have been, you know, the two, th- those have been the most helpful people to me as well, his agents and financial advisors, because they've been in the industry for years. They know what it looks like. They know what it smells like, sounds like. They, they get it. And so as a parent, when I'm hitting the panic button, they're not. And, and I needed that. And, and that was a tremendous, tremendous support system for me because, listen, it's not only going to be the player's first time being a first-round draft pick, second round. It's going to be a parent's first time being the parent of a first or second-round pick. And so as wonderful as it sounds, it's really, really hard. And it's a hard process. It's a hard journey because so many other factors start playing in to the to, to this journey and process of hopefully becoming a career big leaguer. So my thing would be 
to once once the player signs that contract, do your best to offer only encouragement because your your son knows that mom and dad love him more than anything. And if it gets tough, he's gonna come to you in, in some way, shape, form, or fashion. But you, you just don't wanna start offering advice in your opinion when it's not solicited because that can create um, some it can create some dissension in the relationship. And you want your son to know that, you know, there's unconditional support that is going to come from you as a parent. So again, I, I think that that would be something I'd highly recommend as well as, uh, again, placing tremendous, tremendous emphasis on making sure that, that the agency he's moving forward with, the financial advisor he's moving forward with. And we didn't decide on a financial advisor until like after the draft. So, you know, parent, don't be in a rush to decide on a financial advisor because he's not going to get that that first, you know, bonus check until you know, maybe 30 days after he signed his contract. So, you know, take your time with that. But uh, again, I've had conversations since 2017 with, with parents from the, the PG All-American game, uh, potential first-round picks, guys that went in the first round, second round, and any any anyone that wants to call and, and have a conversation behind the scenes you know, it's, I assure you, it stays between me and you. Anyone that knows me knows I'm not that kind of person that, you know, airs my business. I just want to help people because this is probably the first time you're going to be able to do this and you want to make an educated best choices uh, over the things that are going to encompass your player's career, your son's career. So, Todd, thank you so much. I I know uh, that I've enjoyed this conversation. I know you and I could go on for another four hours of of all of the the minutia and the detail. But I think ultimately these families, please take advantage of reaching out to Todd. Uh, he is absolutely willing to continue to have these conversations and and is super valuable. And so audience, we appreciate obviously your guys' attention. Ultimately, this podcast is all about you and trying to equip you with the resources to help your family make the best decisions. And so until next time, as always, stay humble, stay hungry, and exhaust the moment. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show. We hope that you enjoyed it. Our goal here with the MLB Draft Podcast is to make this the go-to resource for all families and athletes looking to take their career to the next level. And so this show really is all about you, and we would love to hear from you. Are there any questions you have, topics that you would love for us to cover? please do reach out. You can shoot us an email at eric at athletewealth.com or travis at athletewealth.com. Of course, you can find us on social. We're on all the major platforms at Athlete Wealth. And if you'd like to set up a phone call with us, you can reach us by going online to athletewealth.com and you'll see right at the top of the page there's a button where you can schedule a call directly with us and so we would love to hear from you and until next time stay focused stay hungry and be a pro